Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a very important announcement. Thank you, and now on with the next program. <laughs> At the start of the year, the BBC took a bold step backwards into the future with its plans for broadcasting in the 70s. Details of the plans were printed in the New Look Radio Times in a way that could easily be understood by the average listener with exceptional eyesight and a microscope. <laughs> Incidentally, at this point, we should say that rumours that the new print and layout of the Radio Times is difficult to read have been fully explained by a BBC spokesman. Uh, this is all part of our cunning plan to boost radio. If people try to read the deliberately misleading information in the new Radio Times, <laughs> they'll undoubtedly hurt their eyes and won't be able to watch television. So they... <laughs> they just might listen to radio. And so tonight we present five wacky, zany satirists fresh from the Cambridge University footlights of 1963, making only their 83rd appearance on BBC Radio. It's the new improved... I'm sorry, I'll read that again. <laughs> the Angus Prune tune brings to the microphone in this new improved whiter-than-blue radio washout... The assorted voices and talents of Tim Brooke Taylor, John Cleese, Graham Garden, David Hatch, Joe Kendall and Milotti. Take it away, Otto. Oh, no, it's time. I'm sorry, I'll read that again, again. Good evening. Here is the news. And it's news of more cuts in BBC spending. And yet another economy drive, the BBC today announced they would very soon be making drastic reductions in their numbers of staff. <coughs> Good evening. Here is the rest of the news read by a cheaper newsreader. <laughs> well, a BBC spokesman admitted today that fewer and fewer people are listening to radio. When asked why, he said... 
It's very hard to say. I was thinking about this problem only the other day while I was on television. You see, we in BBC Radio feel that we should cater for the minority audience, as it's the only one we've got. But, and here's your problem, we find that minorities tend to involve very few people, numerically speaking. And unless more people join the minority, we'll go on getting very small audiences. But if more people do join the minority, it won't be a minority any longer, and we'll have to stop catering for it. So we may be forced to raise the standard of the program. Here is the last bit of the news read by the director of the BBC Radio himself. There's been a further economic disaster. I've just dropped sixpence down the lavatory. <laughs> the BBC Radio service will now be closing down until further notice. Oh, dear. And now I must do the only thing that allows me to avoid public humiliation. I shall pretend I've been offered a job by weekend television. Oh, shame! If only somebody could help me. Do not cry, Director Gentle. Do not cry. Who are you? I am your fairy prune mother. you need? Two million pounds and we can carry on broadcasting. Two million, right. Fairy prune mother will weave her magic. See me wave me little wand and weave me magic tricks till coins rain down from the sky. How much? Two and six. Oh. <laughs> that'll do. That'll do. I can make it last. No, it's no good. It's a half crown. It's out of date. No, no, it's all right. It's all right. Give it to me. I'll bite the corners off. <laughs> there you are. A genuine ten bob piece worth two shillings of anybody's money. Oh, thank you, thank you. You've saved BBC Radio, you mad fool. With this 50 new pence, two shilling piece, we can pay for 13 weeks of new half-hour comedy shows. Now then, where can we get a team of writers and performers who will be dedicated enough to work for this kind of money? Fear not. I think I can help you there. Watch as I cast aside my fairy clothes to reveal myself of as a fairy impersonator with no clothes on. It's legal. Nobody can touch you. Anybody can touch you. We've got to get this radio station on the road. we got the actors. we got the scripts. we got the audience. we got a rotten band. But what? Clack you by now. Warm. What more do we need? What more do we need? How about an opening number? That's so easy, Mr. Piano Man. We're going to please the people. Yeah. We're going to make them roar. Yeah, yeah. Because they're going to give them what they've been waiting for. Full frontal radio. Everybody should tune in to it. Full frontal radio. That's what it's all about. Take off your pants, let it all hang out. Come for radio. Tune into radio. It's a winner. Yes, ladies and gentlemen. 
gentlemen, Radio Croon will be here for the next 13 weeks, bringing you an only half hour of genuine radio on the air. Remember, all other programs are either repeats or very clever impersonations by the Director General. Radio Croon is also the one and only bona fide full frontal show in sound broadcasting. No artificial aids, mirrors, or foam rubber are used. This is the real thing. It's full frontal radio. And so Radio Prune is born. Congratulations, it's a prune. <laughs> radio Prune is free radio without inhibitions or censorship, dedicating itself to the promotion of radicalism, liberalism, anti-racialism, and dirty jokes. <laughs> we will be dedicating many broadcasts to the rights of free speech, bringing together famous politicians, moralists, and clergymen to discuss controversial issues and tell dirty jokes. <laughs> Weathermen will be encouraged to illustrate their weather forecast by their costumes. If the weather is to be sunny, they will wear pig's bladder hats. If it is rainy, they will wear waterproof pig's bladder hats. If the frost is expected, they will carry machine guns. Thank you, thank you. But from now on, every program will be full frontal. We believe that the full beauty of the human body is something everyone should be able to listen to whenever they wish. <laughs> With this in mind, amongst our forthcoming presentations will be in the morning, eight o'clock nudes, and then nudes bulletins every half hour. <laughs> this will be followed by Lift Up Your Skirts, and record programs will include Drop Gear with John Peel. <laughs> Naturally, all these programs will be totally uncensored. Uh, no, 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 you can't do that, Director General speaking. I'm afraid your programs will have to be reviewed by our BBC Censorship Committee. Don't be frightened of them. They're just a small cross-section of quite average retired colonels, Puritans, saints, nuns, and, of course, loonies. <laughs> I've already told them you're taking over, so they're probably discussing it right now. If you turn to the next sketch, we can probably hear them. We didn't have any of these full frontals in our day. No full frontal. It's these modern long-haired frontals that's doing it. Naked men all over the place. We didn't have naked men in our day. When we used to take our clothes off, we were fully dressed underneath. I used to wear a dinner jacket under my vest. And when I took my underpants off... Yes. Nothing, nothing, just when I took my own. Uh, well, of course, in our day, you'd never catch young ladies naked. No, too damn fast for us. Yeah. <laughs> I can remember. Oh, wait a minute, shouldn't we be censoring something? Yes, I we should. Oh, it's the first script of this new radio prune thing. Uh, let's have a read of it. Oh! Oh! Oh, look at this, oh! Oh, no, no. Oh, no, no. Oh, 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 oh
very good, isn't it? Huh? <laughs> Just what the public wants. Oh, this will never do. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Large bottom. Oh, we don't want that. No, no, can't stand large bottoms. Uh, pert bottom? No. Bare bottom? No, no. Nylon clad bottom, that's it. For large substitute nylon clad. Thank you. Oh, what's this? Good grief. The Sivio's leg? Dearie me, no. Won't do it all. Can't have them using that word. Let's see. Uh... Lascivious foot. No, that's worse. Uh, Lascivious kneecap. Uh, elbow. Patella. Eyelash. Lash. Whip. Feet. Oh, oh, oh. Lascivious thumb. That's oh, getting better. Little finger. That's it. Lascivious little finger. Right. Four leg. Substitute. Little finger. Right. Director General. Yes. Ah, Director General. Now, as you know, we on the censorship committee are only ordinary people. We're not setting ourselves up as gods. Thank you, Almighty Buttons. But, I think if your worship uh, listen to us, we know what's best for the mortal, the listeners. So, we've had a look at the script, just a couple of changes. Stick to those, and you'll be okay. Right, Prune. Just a couple of naughty words you mustn't use. Carry on, and I'm sure we'll find Radio Prune progressing just as fast as its little fingers can carry it. And I hope soon you'll be building up a really nylon-clad audience. Here is a prune flash. Sixteen prisoners have just broken out of Dartmoor Prison. Thank you. That was a jail warning. And... Thank you, thank you, thank you very much indeed, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, friends. It's Prune Play of the Week time. And now for the next 30 weeks, we're going to be broadcasting brand new radio plays by up-and-coming authors written specially as entries for our Prune Play competition. Now, at the end of the 30 weeks, we want you at home to vote for the play you enjoyed least. I just want you to remember that. The play, the play you enjoyed least. And friends, the author will face the humiliation of appearing in Opportunity Knocks. What a terrible thing. <laughs> Isn't that absolutely wonderful? Now, can we have tonight's play, please? Can we have the author? And tonight's author, Michael... <laughs> it's Hieronymus Nostril <laughs> A retired gibbon stuffer Tom Dulwich He wrote the play on his way to work on the bus uh, Which we'll be sending back to London Transport Just as soon as we've read it And uh, this week's brand new play is called The Taming of the Shrew uh, Hold it, hold it, hold it I think we've got a little error there I'm, I, think, I, I think that's been done, you know that? Um, Never mind, we're not doing the whole play. It's been shortened like milk. Like milk, like milk. It's been shortened like milk. That's what you said. It's been shortened like milk. Mm. It's a condensed version. (laughs) Well, that's that's really impressive. That's good. 80 on the old boometer. That's really (laughs) impressive. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, tonight we present this week's Prune Plays, The Tame of the Shoe by Hieronymus Nostril. Give him a big hand. Thank you very much. The scene is Padua in Italy in the early 16th century. Padua, a glorious city, much like Venice, except that it has no water in the streets. Which explains why all its gondoliers have sprained wrists. <laughs> Our story begins on a beautiful Italian night. The moon is full. Oh, I've eaten too much. The streets are thronged with Latin lovers. A mo, a mass of mat. <laughs> is filled with romantic, tender, loving Italian sounds of bottoms being pinched. Hey, bring back that bottom. (laughs) Down 
down by the riverside is a friendly old tavern, and inside it, the students' bar. <laughs> yes, the liquor is very cheap here, and in one... <laughs> corner, a small group of young men are drinking lustily. Barman, give us another pint of lustily. <laughs> I'm sorry, sire, the lustily's all gone. Heather and Pia, a glass for us all. Certainly, sire. Here we are. A glass each, you <laughs> don't. Now, come, sirs, let us raise our goblets. Goblet, a little mouth. <laughs> now, let's raise our glass slits and take a drink little beer lit. And as we drink, let us sing a songlet, a serenade to every lovely Paduan maid. And I have made quite a few. Now, drink and sing. Now, swallow. Oh. Ah, but we sing only to drown our melancholy. Is it not sad that on a romantic night such as this we are but a company of rough-hewn men? Where are the soft blue eyes, the pink cheeks? And golden hair that would add beauty to our number. Oh, so this is where the boys are. <laughs> Easy. Easy. The newcomer was Petruchio, a gay blade who would raise an eyebrow or two in his velvet doublet. Men might have called him a fop. You're a fop! In fact, they did. <laughs> but he claimed he was the reverse. I'm a pop. <laughs> Petruchio was a lieutenant in the buffs, and at his side he clutched a curious old relic of the Spanish wars, Sergeant Grimbling, his personal attaché. Oh, he's a case. Grimbling was ugly and bent. No, I'm not. It's just the way I walk. Oh. Come, Grimbling, let us join these fellows in a glass. Oh, for a bit of a squeeze, won't it? That's what makes it funny. <laughs> right, gentlemen. Bottoms up. But come, come, my hearty boys. Why so sad? Need I ask? This itch for love. The moon is full. The streets are thronged. Come, my lusty lads. Fellow Grimley, I'll get through this somehow. Here, your troubles, for he is of a poetic nature, wise and deeply sensitive, him, him. Less than, good sire, the soft but cruel dove of loneliness is pecking at my fulsome heart, and I am leap to satisfy my tender boyish needs by sipping sweetly of a fragrant beauty's cup, the lack of which is painful to my amorous soul. Uh. Be sure to crumpy, eh? Yes. And if I may... If I may ramble on a bit longer... Please do, carry on. Another thing doth deeply trouble me. Who's that, who's that, eh? Can we afford to pay that mandolin player? No, I'm afraid we can't, sorry. No more musicians, sorry. Oh, shame, 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 shame. What a terrible shame. I think you've touched this ragged old man. I'll go and no more musicians. I'll have to sing the link. But what about our problem? Oh, that. Well, look, I think it's about time you lads forgot about sex and got married. Tomorrow at court... <laughs> tomorrow at court, the Duke and Duchess of Padua are inviting suitors to try for the hands of their lovely daughters, Bianca and Catherine, the one they call the shrew. Why do they call her the shrew? Because she's got a pointy nose and little whiskers. <laughs> But I jest. You could have fooled me. <laughs> they are both passing lovely. So grab them quick before they leave it behind. <laughs> Very well, then. Tomorrow at court. Very well, then. Tomorrow at court. 
Where's the music? <laughs> the missing link. Sorry, I told you, I told you, no more musicians. Here's the line again. Farewell, then, tomorrow at court. So the next day, everyone gathered at the court of the Duke and Duchess of Padua. As the Duke and Duchess appeared, 49 redundant BBC symphony orchestras <laughs> sang a mighty fanfare. Hey, mighty Good, yes. The doors were opened. The doors were opened, leading to the ballroom, where the dance floor shone as if it was glass, and the Duchess tripped onto it. Oh! <laughs> yeah, it was glass. The Duchess dropped a curtsy and welcomed the crowd. The crowd, as you know, I have two daughters, Bianca and Catherine, whom some do call the shrew. The shrew, the shrew, the shrew. They call the shrew. They are both now of marriageable age and highly desirable. We'll be happy to let them marry the suitor who pays most. Ah, uh, sorry. Says most eloquently why he wants them for a bribe. Sorry, bride. I personally will judge the suitors, and for the safety of the young men, Bianca and Catherine... ...will be kept in these locked boxes until they can be sold. Sorry, told who their husbands are. Right, Herald, announce the first suitor. The first suitor, all the way from France, is Le Duc... D'Orléans, who owns a fortune in rubber plantations. In fact, he is known as the original rubber duck. And the next. The next suitor is a distinguished Italian oh, naval officer. No, please don't. Senior no. service. <laughs> he was born at sea in an upper bunk. Oh, no, no, no. All together now. A man of high mouth. And are you wealthy? Wealthy I have no gold to offer, madam. Then you cannot marry my daughter. And the next suitor, please. There are no more, milady. What? The, does no one wish to marry my Bianca or even my Catherine? It's true. It's the one they call the shrew. The one they call the shrew. I fear the young men are discouraged by Catherine's foul temper and by the fact that Bianca is not exactly pretty. Not exactly pretty? Not exactly pretty? She's hideous! <laughs> Very well. I shall raffle them both off as booby prizes on the tombola. Can I have the owner of ticket number? Clickety-click, number ten. Oh, I've got it. Petruchio. Well, now you win a major prize. Major who won another military man. <laughs> you can choose anything you like on this table here. But there's only one of the boxes containing either Bianca or Catherine. And the rubber rabbit. Oh dear, what shall I do? Take, Take the, the bunny! bunny. Open the box! It 
might be Bianca, because they say she's six foot two with rippling muscles, broad shoulders, and a face like a wrestler. Hmm, sounds like my time. I'll open the box. <laughs> You have won, Catherine. The shrew, the one they call the shrew. Let out the shrew. It's a real shrew. The one they call Catherine. We should at this point inform you that we couldn't in fact get a real shrew to perform this part. The vole will instead be played by Sterling Mouse. <laughs> But in the context of the play, it is a real shrew, though he is disguised in a John Cleese skin. Look, look, a real shrew. In the context of the play, it's a real shrew. Yes, my guilty secret is out. This is my daughter, Catherine the Shrew. Look after her, Petruchio. Give her lots of love and attention. And a tin of maggots every morning. <laughs> oh, if only I could have won Bianca. Bianca? Bianca? I'd forgotten. She's still in the box. She must have suffocated to death. Bianca, knock twice if you've suffocated to death. Oh, she must be all right then. Right. Bianca will marry the owner of ticket number 11. Oh, the three is number 11. But even as she spoke, the box shuddered. <laughs> the lock burst. And out came a creature with a face like Venus, round, lifeless, and pitted with craters. I could never satisfy a healthy young maiden, let alone an old bag like you. <laughs> I'm past that, I'm past that sort of thing. That's all right, you can go round once more. <laughs> but I'm far too old to take a wife. You won't have to take me. I'll throw myself. You can't complain, Grimbling. At least she hasn't got a pointed nose and whiskers. No, I haven't. I shaved only this morning. <laughs> but soft. Mm, and cuddly. <laughs> Who are you, young man? Well, oh. I'm Petruchio, oh. the poor wretch. The poor wretch who is condemned to waste his manly charms on a shrew. Oh, I'm beginning to feel for you. Hold still. Petruchio, can't you see this rodent? It's no good for you. But at this, Catherine, the, the shrew, shrew, the one they call the shrew, was seized with a fit of terrible jealousy. Look out! Petruchio, she's firing poison darts. Must be a pygmy shrew. Oh. I'm sorry, Petruchio. I should have warned you about a terrible temper. When she gets like this, the only thing you can do is beat her. Oh, all right. Mmm, <laughs> <laughs> rather delicious. Oh, I'm terribly sorry, Duchess. I'm afraid I've eaten your daughter. Sorry. (laughs) 
And so the shrew was tamed. Uh, hang on. You can't get away with that. I don't give up my valuable Sundays to honour you with sensitive, dramatic portrayals just to get eaten. <laughs> anyway, if there's animal eating to be done, I want to do it. You did do it. You ate yourself. Well, that makes it even worse. That's auto-cannibalism. <laughs> makes you deaf. <laughs> oh. All right, all right. Well, you can sing the playoff then. Oh, well, that's more like it. <clears throat> playoff! <laughs> Pre-recorded cheap imitation Angus Prune tune brings to an end the first episode of Radio Prune's 13-week experiment in full frontal radio. The frontals belong to Timbrook Taylor, John Cleese, Graham Garden, David Hatch, Joe Kendall, Bilotti, and the script was by Bilotti and not Graham Garden, who was skiing. The song was by Bilotti, and the band was impersonated by Dave Lee, who also did the arrangements. The show was produced by David Hatch and Peter Titheridge. Bilotti wrote the credits to avoid anyone else getting paid for them, except for the next line, the fee for which he donates to the BBC. Oh, it sounds sorry I read that again, him, again. edition of I'm sorry I'll read that again at the same time next week. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.